<laughs> well, hello everyone and welcome back to another RLC Sermon Chat. I'm here with Pastor Steve today. Hi Kelly, thanks for having me again. This is always a joy. <laughs> well, it's always good to be here with you too. Thank you. <laughs> so this last Sunday, mm -hmm. your sermon was titled, Find Out What Pleases the Lord. Yeah. And it was based in Ephesians 5. Right. And uh, it was great, actually. I thought that was uh, oh, a good. really thought, thoughtful, thought-provoking sermon this week. Yeah, and you know, the text really allows for that. I think if we're paying attention to the text, that, that God uses the text in a, I think, inspired way mm -hmm. to lead the preacher. And as long as we're faithful and doing our piece... The, the exegetical work, the, the interpretive work, the background study and the in prayer mm -hmm. that God really does provide for um, preachers and even in the end, I think for congregations to hear from him in a in a special way yeah. in the spoken word. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you talked about first being a people pleaser. Uh, yeah, you know, Kelly, <laughs> Which this... I thought was great. Yeah, this, I think that um, one, of the, one of the pastor's, preacher's roles is to uh, be transparent enough in life and in preaching to, and not in a way that's manipulative at all, and certainly mm -hmm. in a way that is authentic and truthful, but to be transparent to, um, in preaching, to say, look, we're all in this together. And, you know, uh, historically, preachers have been somewhat guarded mm -hmm. in what information they provide about themselves. And some preachers way overshare. <laughs> <laughs> but I think to, to say simply that this was a sermon that was close to my heart in that I fully recognize the desire in me, I think, and mm -hmm. uh, need perhaps to, to have uh, attaboy every once in a while sure. and to please others. And, you know, I think that's human nature. I think we all struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And if we don't think we struggle with that, I think perhaps we need to take a deeper look at <laughs> what's going <laughs> on in us. Yeah. So, well, I was going to say, I think it felt very relatable because yes, also right. being mm -hmm. someone who has that tendency, yeah. you know, I, I could, yeah. I could relate really well and say, I mm -hmm. know exactly how that feels and, and the kinds of things that that leads to. And I think for other people mm -hmm. in the congregation, even if they are not necessarily someone who would consider themselves a people pleaser, I think mm -hmm. we all tend to have, like you said, some part of us that wants to yeah. please someone else in some way or another. I think totally people, we want people to like us because yeah. the, the, uh, the other option is they don't like us, <laughs> that we don't please them somehow. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes to be in mm -hmm. that space. So, and you know, many high achievers are pleasers. It's, yeah. So there's, there's some good that comes out of the desire to, to please others or at least have their, you know, from a biblical standpoint, have the other's interests in mind. Mm -hmm. But those are right. those are kind of two different things. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes, too, it's, it's maybe less on our minds to think about what might be pleasing to God in the things that we're doing right. from day to day. And, mm -hmm. you know, Agreed. hopefully that's something that we think about a little more often. Mm -hmm. uh, but... 
I think part of that is because our relationship with God is, as as much as we would like it to be, face to face mm-hmm. in a literal sense. It's right. not. Yes. And our relationship with other people is face to face. So yeah. we can see almost immediately in our interaction and relationship with others if we're pleasing to them mm-hmm. or if we're not pleasing to them. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, would be know. an in- interesting sociological study that I'll leave for somebody else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so just a, a little more background for your sermon. You talked sure. about a Trinitarian approach yeah. to pleasing God, and we talked about um, believing in the Father, mm-hmm. serving the Son, and yep. living by the Spirit. Right. Absolutely, with accompanying texts. And I like yes. this Trinitarian approach because it not only fits well scripturally, but it maybe helps us to remember those things that we might do to find out what pleases the Lord. That's my hope, at least. Yeah. And so one of our questions that came in this week then actually refers mm. to that third point of living by the Spirit, mm. where you talked a little bit yeah. about um, evidence of fruit of the Spirit in mm. our lives. Yeah. And so one of the questions says, let's think about the fruit of the Spirit. What does forbearance mean? That's mm. one of the fruits. Yeah. What does forbearance mean for a Christian? And how would I explain this word to my granddaughters? Yeah. Wow, great question. Um, <laughs> so we remember that we're talking in the singular. These are the fruit, singular, of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an all or nothing, typically. Okay. We have all of them because we're living in the Spirit, or we have none of them or at least are not exercising them because we are living in the flesh. So um, this is a this is a, leads us into what would be a uh, for better understanding a word study. So we hear a word in Scripture, and in the New NIV, the this word is translated forbearance. Mm-hmm. So in the old days. I would take out a big old beefy comparative <laughs> study Bible. And, That's a big book. And those of you who are watching on YouTube can see that this is a tome. Mm-hmm. And it's heavy. And what it, a comparative study Bible does, and there's, I mean, you can't carry these things around. You would have to have it in your study. <laughs> but it gives us four different translations of a particular text, all sitting side by side. Nice. So in this particular comparative study Bible, I have King James, which is an old translation, the Amplified Bible, which is a paraphrase. Mm -hmm. So the difference between a translation and a paraphrase is like it would denote with the words. A translation seeks to take the original text and put it in as close to uh, literal meaning and understanding as possible. A paraphrase does just that, paraphrases the text so that we might better understand it. And having those next to each other is really helpful. The third source here in this comparative study Bible is the New American Standard. And then I have the New International Version, but not the New Translation. This is the 19... 
1984 translation right. when it first came out, and there's and been a revision since. Yeah, some right. differences there. Correct. Right. And so I'll read Galatians chapter 5 in each of the four translations okay. and verse 22, because that's Great. the fruit of the Spirit. So in the King James Version, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's the word we're looking at, that the new NIV translated to uh, forbearance. So long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and then verse 23, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So in King James, the translation of the uh, original Greek is long-suffering. Now, we could do a Greek word study, and um, I'll get to that in a minute. But this okay. is a comparative English Bible study. So it's a comparative Bible all in English. So either technique bears fruit and is helpful. So my point being is, is this. You don't have to be a Greek scholar <laughs> to do a word study. We just do it in English. Okay, in the Amplified, this is a paraphrased Bible, Galatians 5.22 reads, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the work which his presence will accomplish, is love, joy, which is in parentheses then, gladness, Mm -hmm. peace, patience, and then in parentheses, and even temper, forbearance. So we already have more going on here. Kindness, goodness, also translated benevolence, and then faithfulness, meekness, which is also translated humility, gentleness, self-control, which is self-restraint or uh, continence. So what do we have here? We have a broader paraphrase. Mm -hmm. So again, we have a new word, patience, but even with some explanation, because this is a paraphrase, that's to have, to be patient is to have an even temper. Okay, so now we're going to go to the New American Standard, okay. which is one of the most uh, literal translations that we can get in English. And what I mean by that, namely, is that to the best of their ability, the translating committee of the New American Standard kept Greek word order and literal uh interpretation of Greek words. Okay. So they wanted, their focus was uh, to maintain a literal translation, whereas like with the NIV, they wanted to be literal, but that was of less importance than how it translated into the English. Mm -hmm. And I'll read that in a moment. So New American Standard, the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we get this word patience again. So we find patience in the Amplified Bible. We find long-suffering in the King James Bible, New American Standard Patience. And now I'm going to read from the NIV, but the early version, the first version, 1984, which is different than the version we read on Sunday, which translates this word, forbearance. So you'll you'll catch even they changed. So the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, 
patience, interesting, not forbearance in the old NIV, Mm -hmm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So it looks like in our study that patience to mean long-suffering while keeping an even temper is, I think, a good way to communicate this to our grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, much easier to understand than patience than the is word much easier than yeah. forbearance. So, right. and it would be a good question of the committee that put together the the new NIV why they moved from patience, which seems to be more accessible, mm-hmm. uh, to forbearance. Yeah, that would be an an interesting chat. But here nor there. Now, that was a comparative Bible English word study. If we wanted to go to a Greek word study, we would go to the uh, Greek text and we would then find out what Greek word is translated there. And we would, um, with our Greek tools, Mm -hmm. see how that word was most often used in the first century in uh, the church, outside the church. Uh, and other usage of that word in the time that it was used by Paul. There's also Mm -hmm. a resource called the Wiest Greek uh, Word Study, which Mm -hmm. is helpful there, and just a bunch of other stuff. However, let me make a plug for one of the Bible apps. We could also do that in... The Blue Letter Bible yeah. app, which I have on my that phone. That's my favorite. And that'll give you the Greek word and the common usages and all the rest. Yes. So, again, it, we don't have to be Greek scholars. We just have the right tools. So things have changed since I was in seminary 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, studying Greek. And it's they've changed for the good. We could also do a word study in, uh, like, uh, on Bible Gateway online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So instead of putting a text up in the um, bar, like Galatians 5, we could put a word. Yeah. We could put forbearance. And it'll or, bring up like all the all times the other usages. it shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or we could put the word patience, and that would also be a good way to, to discover. So again, you don't have to be a Bible scholar or a theologian or seminary graduate to do some good mm-hmm. Bible study. Mm-hmm. So... Boy, that was a long answer to a simple question. The way we (laughs) describe forbearance to our kids and grandkids is simply, I think, to say to be patient. Patient. We are patient. One of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Yeah. Part of that fruit. That's great. Thank you. All right. What else do we have? So we have one more question, but I think I'm going to hold off on that one for just a few moments so I can ask you one of our favorite questions for Mm. the sermon chat. Yeah. And that is, was there anything you left on the cutting room floor this time? (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, lots of stuff. Um, (laughs) One of the things that that I didn't preach on Sunday, and I... And I and I kind of wish I did, you know. I, you know how this goes. You're, yeah. you're a preacher. It, you always think, well, I could have done this or I could have done that. And and typically, I don't second guess myself. But you know, this is one of those cases where I, 
I, I decided to, liber to deliberately leave this particular piece on the cutting room floor because, um, well, for two reasons. One, it would have been way too difficult to handle in, in this sermon mm. with the short amount of time. Two, mm -hmm. I knew you would be asking that question of me today. <laughs> so I could get to it here, yeah. which is, I okay. think, more appropriate. Great. Um, and so that, now we're really curious. What was it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for being with us. <laughs> We're going to wrap up here today and hope to see you no, next no. week. <laughs> no, no. We want to hear your answer. Um, so Paul asks uh, in Ephesians, as I, I pointed out, to for us to find out what pleases the Lord. Yeah. And then I took a Trinitarian approach to pleasing God. This is a little problematic in that um, I think God is already pleased with us. Hmm. So uh, at the baptism of Jesus recorded in the Gospels, and I think, I think uh, I'm trying to remember, but I think all three synoptics, at least two of them that carry it. But when Jesus is baptized, the... Jesus is in the River Jordan. John the Baptist is there. The Spirit, like a dove, not a dove, but like a dove, descends on Jesus. And then we, we they heard God's voice. Mm -hmm. um, who said, this is my son, the one I love, or the beloved one, in whom I am well pleased. And I've, and I think this is right, in terms of my theology, but I, I've heard those words for myself, and I've encouraged mm -hmm. us to hear those words ab about us from God. So, in your case, uh, I would encourage you to hear God saying to you, Kelly, right now, without doing anything else, just because, just because, period, mm -hmm. God says to you, you are my daughter, the, the beloved one in whom I am well pleased. And that yeah. gets to grace. Yes. We don't have yeah. to earn God's love, one. We don't have to earn God's uh, pleasure. God is already pleased with us. And there is, there is scripture is wrought <laughs> yeah. with um, substantiating texts yeah. that help us understand. I don't have to do anything to that, that feels get God so peace. freeing. It is freeing to us, I think. I, I think so. So again, I I how do you handle those together then? Where yeah. God, where Paul says, find out what pleases the Lord and uh, God saying, I am already pleased with you. It's not what you do, it's who you are. Mm -hmm. And Maybe I could have gotten to that in this sermon, but I, I just felt like it was going to take us in a direction that would be another great sermon, mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully. Sure, yeah. So I would simply say this. Um, God is already pleased with us, and we can please him more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I wouldn't say is that God is already loves us, and he can love us more. Nope. God always, God already loves us. 
period. And he can't love us with any more love because he loves us fully and completely. However, when it comes to pleasing him, he is pleased. Mm -hmm. And we could give him more pleasure. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That that's kind of where I lay down on this thing and come down on this thing. That yes, God is pleased with us and uh we can please him more. I like that. How you know belief or faith or growing in our belief and faith, serving Christ mm-hmm. and living by the Spirit yeah. is one approach. That's great. Yeah. So anyway. I don't think I've ever really thought about Mm. that before because Mm. God is saying this to Jesus before he even really started his Jesus had done nothing. Before he really (laughs) had done, yeah, I mean, he he was just at the very, very, very beginning of it all. That's right. And God is telling him and everyone else who's there to hear it, I am pleased with him. Right. Yeah. And that has to do with personhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And personhood, not works. So it's a fine line, um, but I think Jesus did please God. Yeah. <laughs> God was pleased, mm-hmm. and Jesus pleased him more. Yeah. I think that's where we, where I land on that, at least. That's great. So I hope that's helpful to y'all folks out, out, out in podcast land and on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's kind of where I come down. So I, I hope if you heard on Sunday or at least what we're led to hear that, um, you know, we, you have to do more to please God. No, I don't think so. We don't do more to please God. We can please God more mm-hmm. in our doings. Yeah. All right. Let's Great. leave that one there. Thank so, you. Thanks for the opportunity to, to speak to that a little, yeah, little bit further. Yes, yeah. of course. All right, so we do have one more question from um, two ladies in the congregation today. Um, They have a question about Psalm 138. Mm. And there is a phrase in Psalm 138 that says, Before the gods, I will sing your Mm. praise. Mm -hmm. What does this mean? Mm, That's good. So I'm turning to Psalm 138. I know the psalm. But I still go there because I want to. I want to make sure we're reading within the context of the psalm. Great. So the psalm's short. I'm just going to read it for us. Okay. Because we can't really bring meaning, remember, in a faithful way without context. So when we're trying to interpret text, bring meaning to it, we have to read within the context. So maybe there's a hint or two. Okay. That we can find in this psalm. So let's read it. I'll read it aloud. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. Now, gods is in lowercase mm-hmm. and uh, in quotation marks here. We'll get to that. Um, I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name and your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. now we have gods and now we have kings. Mm-hmm. Um, when they hear what you have decreed, may they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. 
Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. This is sounding like another psalm, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Okay, so generally speaking, what's happening in this psalm is the psalmist, we presume King David, is crying out to the Lord a word of praise and thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and joy and is honoring God. Here's the key, I think. Honoring God. Now, uh, he means Yahweh Mm -hmm. because um, that's how the NIV in this particular case is translating the word Lord. Okay with cap, all capital all letters. So because the people of Israel did not say Yahweh, the name of the Lord, mm-hmm. that would have been a no-no according to the law, they, they capitalized this word Lord. So what we're talking, who we're talking about is Yahweh. Okay. And that's significant here. So when we see this word that's translated God's, mm-hmm. With the little g, that means uh, other. I would let me say this. Let me think about this. Uh, others or other things in whom we put our trust, okay. or in which we put our trust. Now, when God said, you shall have no other gods before me, it wasn't a capital G gods. It, mm-hmm. it was this same lowercase g gods. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we have gods. Um, those are the persons or things we worship or we praise mm-hmm. or we exalt. In antiquity, there was a they lived in what was called a uh, pluralistic society. And that meant they had many gods. Mm -hmm. We also live in a pluralistic society. There are many gods, but those are, those are lowercase g. So I, I think what David is trying to get at is whoever or whatever we give our allegiance to, we've made our God. Mm, Okay. And that would include any and all other gods. Sure. So that could be, um, gosh, Buddha. It could be money. Mm-hmm. It could be a distortion of the triune God. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a lot of things. It could be our work. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Two, David is getting to both, I think, the sacred and the secular the the temporal and the eternal hmm. okay he, verse one i will praise you lord with all my heart before the gods i will sing your praise yeah. That's, that, that has an eternal feel to it sure a a sacred feel and then in verse four may all the kings of the earth praise you lord i think that has a temporal feel to it um, mm-hmm. a secular feel. 
feel to it. And if you remember, uh, even God created the heavens and the earth. And the, and the Jewish mind mm-hmm. would have thought in terms of heavenly and earthly sure. and, the, and, and have a dichotomy between the two. So we might say it this way. In all the heavens and the earth, I will praise you, Lord. We will praise you, Lord. I think that's what's going on there in Psalm 138. All right. <laughs> I hope that answers their, their question. Because yes. uh, sometimes we are thrown off by this word, gods. But yeah. we don't mean that there are more than, there is more than one God. No, we are monotheists. Mm-hmm. But the world would worship, and sometimes we even do, uh, other gods. Right. Small, small G. Small G. <laughs> small G. Okay. Well, okay, let's see. What kind of what time are we working with? Oh, 28 minutes. I think Not that's about enough. right. So it good. sounds like it's probably about time to yeah, say I don't, a prayer. I think that's all the good stuff that we have for today. <laughs> um, it's good to be this here. great. Good yeah. to be with all you folks, and I'm really glad to have received some questions and just an encouragement. Keep them coming. You can yeah, absolutely. put your questions on your yellow slip and fill it out before you leave church. You can put a question on the app or mm-hmm. in our email database, email, email, call, call the call, office. Stop in and say hello stop and ask in. your question. We always like, we like questions <laughs> in person. Yep. Good. All right. Great. Well, let me pray for us. That sounds great, Kelly. Today. Sounds good. Lord God, uh, we thank you for this time that we have had together today to um, think more mm-hmm. about your word in Ephesians 5. God, we, uh, we do want to find out what pleases you, and we want to do those things uh, as we live our lives day to day that would be pleasing to you. And yet, mm. what, a, what a wonderful comfort to know that you are already mm, pleased you. with yes. us. Mm. And so, God, we thank you for that. And um, just are so grateful for your presence with us day in and day out and, and look forward to um, just always being in your presence. And so as we close our time here together today, God, I pray that you would help us to continue to um, have a thirst for your word, to ask questions about what it means and to look for those, look for those answers where we can. And we're grateful for uh, Pastor Steve being here to help us answer some of them today. And so, God, be with us uh, in this coming week and bring us back for more uh, on Sunday and again next week for Sermon Chat. So we pray all these things in Jesus' Jesus. name. Amen. Amen. Great to be with you, friends. See you next week. Okay. Bye-bye.